of God this morning. Acknowledge Him this morning. Lift your hands to Him and give Him praise. declaration this morning these aren't just words we say family these are words we believe and we proclaim let's proclaim these things together Lord today by faith we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season as your faithful remnant we will house your very presence we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears we are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy, but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Amen and amen. Yes. Lord Jesus, the word of God is yours. And we just ask that your word be spoken this morning. And we ask that this church be prepared and willing to receive what you have for them. Lord, today we are here and you've prepared a meal for us, God. And we are here ready to receive that. I pray you would bless and anoint our pastor, Lord Jesus. Let him fill your anointing well up. Let it be a, a wellspring in his soul, God. And I pray, Jesus, once more, let us receive that word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. It's so good to see you here today. I don't want to knock the wind out of the sails. We should have done this a little earlier, but I do make, need to make one announcement. A brother Ray Tipton has passed away. He passed away in his sleep on Friday night. So we want you to be praying for the Tipton family. Remember that in prayer, please. And we'll let you know the arrangements as soon as we find them out. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. A very familiar passage of scripture. You can remain seating for the reading of the word today. But as the apostle Paul writing this, and he just simply said, for I am determined not to know anything among you except what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let me read it again. For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. One more time. For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now in our text, the Apostle Paul began by exhorting us to be determined to come and to know Jesus Christ. To be determined means to have a firm decision and, be, and, and, and being resolved not to change it. We are to have what we call a made up mind. Our mind is to be fixed when it comes in knowing our Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is why the Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse four, he said that we henceforth be no longer children tossed to and fro by every 
every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and their cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Again, he said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the word of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And then he tells us in the book of Revelations chapter 3, verse 11, 3 and 11, I come quickly. He says, hold fast to that which thou hast, and let no man take your crown. And then he said in the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, ye should be hated of all men for my name's sake, but it's he that endures to the end that the same shall be saved. If there's ever a time to, for us to hold fast to our faith, it's now. Because Jesus Christ is about to split the eastern sky. Can I have an amen? But he goes on and he warns us about being indecisive when it comes to following Christ. It was the book of James chapter one verse eight that warned us. He said that a double-minded man, he's unstable in all of his ways. And then you hear Philippians chapter three verse 10 where the great apostle Paul said, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship with his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And then you hear Jesus himself saying in the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for my, my, learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I tell you today that we are to learn of Jesus Christ. You and I are to learn of him. We are to know him. We are to become a disciple of him. The reason the Gentiles failed and some of them had fallen back in their faith and they erred from the faith is because what Paul told them in the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 20, he said, you have erred because you have not so learned Christ. As a matter of fact, it was amazing to the apostle Paul that the Galatians were going back into Judaism and they're looking for the law to save them after they have accepted Christ as salvation. Listen to what he said to them in Galatians chapter three, verse one. He says, oh Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. He said, who's bewitched you? Why are you going back to Judaism when Christ has been crucified right before your very eyes? We have to come to know Jesus. He has to be the center of our heart. He has to be the center of our actions. He has to be the center of our very lives. That's why that James chapter, James chapter four, verse seven and eight, the Bible exhorts us, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God and God will draw nigh unto you. But listen, cleanse ye hands ye sinners and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He does not want any double-mindedness. We must set our desire upon him. Whatever we desire, that is what you and I will pursue after. If we have a desire for God, then we will pursue the presence of God in the light of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to pursue? It means to run hard after a thing. It carries the connotation that you have a persistent desire that keeps you going after that which you are pursuing. And that's what passion is. It's something inside that drives you. You gotta have it. You can't rest without it. It's something that is a driving force that it eats you alive. And you've got to obtain it and you got to get it or you're gonna go crazy. It means that you're seeking after something with the purpose of actually capturing it. That's why that Paul said in Philippians 3 and 14, I press toward
were the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus, not as though that I've already uh, obtained or, or either were made perfect, but he said, I follow that, uh, that after that, that I may apprehend that which for I'm also been apprehended. In Matthew 5 and 6, that's why it says, uh, blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They're the ones that's going to be filled. And it was Jeremiah that Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29 and 13, and you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with your whole heart. We need to pursue the presence of God in our lives with everything that's within us. It's knowing him that brings solidarity to our lives. It's knowing him that secures our steps and establishes our faith. That's why that Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, for this which calls I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed in and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. In other words, Paul was saying I'm able to suffer the things that I suffer because I know who I have believed in. Can I have an amen? The things that suffer me do not move me because I've been persuaded that God's able to keep that which I've committed to him. This is why that he could say in Philippians or Colossians chapter 3 verse 4, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. That was his confidence. Paul was fully persuaded. He had full confidence in his salvation and due to him knowing Jesus Christ. That's why he wrote Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work in you he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's why that old Paul penned the words in Galatians 2 and 20 when he said I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live not I but Christ liveth within me and the life that I now live I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. Paul said, I don't even live by my own faith. I live by his faith. I'm dead. I'm crucified and he lives in me. Paul tells, tells us his testimony. It's found in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 when he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give unto me that day. But not only to me but to all of them that look and love of his appearing. Paul believed in the reward because he knew the rewarder. That's why Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then he tells you what faith is. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidences of things not seen. And I love when he penned these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight or feeling. Can I have an amen? That's why that he could hold on to the eternal promise. That's why he believed in the hereafter. That's why he penned 1 Corinthians 15 starting with verse 51 when he said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. He said, In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall Christ, and the incor and incorruption shall put on incorruption. He went and said, For the corruptible shall must put on incorruption and the mortal shall put on immortality. So when corruption has put on incorruption and mortality has put on immortality then shall be brought the past the saying that is written O death is swallowed up in victory. O death
death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, you can beat that. Give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. That's why the great beloved John, that great apostle who also believed, he said in 1 John 3 and 2, beloved, and beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And then old Paul penned those words in Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the confidence that the apostles had concerning Jesus Christ. And matter of fact, Jesus, was what they preached. Their preaching was that of Jesus Christ and him crucified. It was that great sermon of Peter on the day of Pentecost where he preached one sermon. 3,000 souls were saved. Wouldn't you like to see that? One sermon bringing 3,000 conversions in one day. Listen to what he said in Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 22. He starts out, ye men of Israel, hear my words. Jesus of Nazareth approved of God among you by miracles and signs and wonders, which he did in your midst as you yourself even know to this day. He said, him being delivered by the determinated counsel and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken him by wicked hands, you have crucified. He went on to say, having God raised him up from the dead and loosed him from the pains of death because it was not possible that they should behold him. I love this. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know as surely that God has that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and and Christ, Jesus is Lord. Can you say amen? Oh, but it don't stop there. The Bible tells us that Philip went down to Samaria. In the book of Acts chapter eight, starting with verse five through eight, the Bible says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and what did he do? He preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things of which the, he spake, seeing and hearing the things of which he did. For unclean spirits cried out with loud voices, come out of many than them were the possessed, and many that was taken with the palsies, and them that were lame were healed and there were great joy in that city. What was the message that he preached? He preached Jesus Christ. The preaching of the Christ delivers people from demon possession. It brings healing to the sick. It brings, it brings vitality to the lame. Jesus Christ is Lord. Can you say amen? People, old Philip goes down to Gaza. He gets him a little chariot right in the middle of the desert with a eunuch of Ethiopia. He gets up on that old chariot and the Bible says as he sat down, he looked at him and he noticed he's reading out of the scripture. He was reading Isaiah chapter 53 and old Philip asked him, he said, hey, do you understand what you read of? He says, how can I unless someone expound the scripture? Philip climbed up and expound the scripture and I love what it says in Acts 8 and 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the scripture and he preached Christ unto him. Hallelujah. Acts 10, verse 36 through 38. This is what it says. And the word which God sent forth unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. How that God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went around doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him and you are his witness which we all did see and both know in the land of the Jews he done this and in Jerusalem whom they slew and they hanged on the tree 
tree, him has God raised up the third day and showed him openly. The Bible says that he preached Jesus Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord, our servants, ourselves as servants for his sake. Romans 1 and 16, Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. They preach the cross of Jesus Christ because why? He is the centrality or centrality of the gospel. It was Paul that said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with words of wisdom lest the cross of Christ should be made none effect. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 33, but we preach Christ and him crucified. Under the Jews it's a stumbling block but under the Greeks it's foolishness. And then Jesus himself said in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and verse 19 he said the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen to what Acts chapter 1 verse 18 says for the preaching of the cross is foolishness unto them that perish but unto us that are saved it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen to what Mark 16, 15 says. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen to the great commission in the book of Matthew chapter 28. Listen to what it says in verse 18 through 20. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo I'm with you always even to the end of the world. Luke 14 and 23 the Bible says and the Lord said unto his servant go you out in the highways and the byways and compel them to come in that my house may be full. Mark 16 and 20 tells us and they went forth and they preached Jesus Christ and they preached the word and the Lord working with them and confirmed Confirming them with signs following. I love Hebrews 2 and 4 where it says God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Give the Lord praise because there's power in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in the word. The flower fadeth. And I want you to know the heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word will never pass away. Stand to your feet and give him praise. Oh, but we're not only to know Jesus Christ, but we're to pay attention to his crucifixion. Why are we to know about the crucifixion? For I'm, not deter- for I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. Why the crucifixion? Because Hebrews 9 and 22, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Why? Because of 1 John 1 and 7, but if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I like that in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold that you received from the vain conversations of your fathers, but you're redeemed 
by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without spot and blemish. I love Revelations chapter 1 verse 5 and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us in our sins from his own blood. I like what Revelations 12 and 11 says. For we are made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies and they love not their lives unto death. I like John 3, 16, 17. I still believe it's powerful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I love Isaiah 53. Don't you verse four and five. Surely he bore our griefs, cared our sorrows, yet we esteemed him and stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and through his stripes we are healed. I like what Paul penned in Romans chapter 8 verse 32. If he spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not then freely give us all things? I like Romans chapter 8 verse 8 and 9. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us much more now being justified by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath that is to come. Aren't you glad you're saved from the wrath by the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 6 and 23 for the wages of sin may be death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 15 and 13 no greater love than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Romans 10 9 and 10. Oh the great wonderful scriptures that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I like 1 John 2 verse 1 and 2. My little children these things I write unto you that you sin not but if any man sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous who is the perpetuation for our sins but not only our sins but the sins of the whole world. Can you say amen? Ah, He went on and penned 1 John 1 and 9 that if we'll confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isaiah 1 and 18, come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as a scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 1 Timothy 1 and 15, this is a worthy saying and worthy of all exception, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners in whom I am chief. I like Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. John 12 and 47, I've not come to judge the world, Jesus said, but I've come to save the world. First John 4 and 14, he said, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Second Peter 3 and 9, that God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness, but God is long suffering to us were not willing that any of us should perish but that all of us should come to repentance. First Peter 5 and 7 casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. John 6 and 37 he that cometh to me I will in no wise 
cast out. John 11, 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Oh, hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. For what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of law may be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Galatians 3, 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is the man that hangeth on the tree. We are redeemed by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off, you're alienated or made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. We've been justified through the cross. Romans 5 and 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that justification came peace. Philippians 4 and 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We have been regenerated according to Titus 3 and 5. It's not by works which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. We've been saved according to the book of 1 John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12 and this is the record that God has given to us his eternal life and life is in the Son. He that hath life, he that has the Son has life and he that has not the Son has not life. I like how old John penned it in the book of John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 but as many as received him to him gave he power to become the sons of God even them that believe upon him. And then he goes on and says, which were born not after blood, nor the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, but born of God. And then he goes over and writes again in the book of Romans chapter 18, start with verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry out, Abba, Father. For the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children and heirs heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. If so be if we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together with him. Ephesians 2, 8 and 5, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works lest any man should boast. Acts 2 and 21, whosoever, whosoever, you and I, that calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy, I should say, 2 and 4, who would have all men to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. We are not only regenerated and justified, but we're not condemned because of the cross. Romans 8 and 1, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I tell you, we are free because of the cross and because of Jesus Christ. John 8 and 36, he says, if the son therefore shall make you free, you're free indeed. Can you have a man? John 8 and 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth is Jesus Christ. John 14 and 6, I am 
the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in the other, for there's no name given under heaven whereby we can be saved other than that precious name of Jesus Christ. John, 2 John 4 and 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. John 8 and 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? 1 Corinthians 8, 37, nay, and all these things, we are made more than conquerors to him that loved us. Isaiah 59 and 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And in Psalms 37 and 25, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Hallelujah. But I'm about to get happy up here. Woo! John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He that believeth in me will never, uh, never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. In John 8 and 12, he says, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall never walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said in John 8 and 58, I love this. She said, Verily, verily, I said to you, before Abraham was, I am. He's the I am that I am. He was the I am that sent Moses to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh, said, when, when he asks you who I am, tell him the I am has sent me unto you. Hallelujah. How do we know he's the I am? How can Jesus be there before Abraham? Because John chapter one, starting with verse one, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Can I have an Amen. Can I tell you, John, when in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him there was not anything made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, but the darkness couldn't cover it. But then that Word became that eternal, robed in flesh for you and I to handle and see and know that Jesus Christ is truly Lord. Hallelujah. Revelations 22, 13, Jesus said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Now that we know all of this, everything that I have quoted to you, now that we know it, can we not say what Christ, uh, Paul said about Christ in Philippians 1, For me to live as Christ, to die as gain. He goes on in Romans 14 and 8. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Hallelujah. How many have that kind of confidence? And then he says in verse 9, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both over the dead and the living. Hallelujah. I want you to know we need to say what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Follow me even as I follow Christ. Oh, do you want to know him today? I said, oh, do you want to know him today? Would you stand with me this morning? Oh, he's not only the God of the living, he's the God of the dead. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep that you saw not, even them which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him through this. We declare to you by the word of the Lord that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, for the trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised up first. And then he said, he goes on and he begins to tell us, and he said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. That's the comfort to know that Jesus 
Jesus Christ is the King of kings, not only of the living but of the dead. He's God, he's Savior, he's Messiah, he's Lord. Can I have an amen? If you need to know him this morning, you've never accepted him as your Savior, I want to give you an invitation to come down here and help us, let us pray for you. The greatest thing that you can know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. I've done my best to try to portray all of the scriptures and there's many, many more we could quote, but I just tried to preach the word today. Just preach the word. Just the word. There's power in the word. The word will not go out void. It will. It will accomplish that which he sent it to do. Can I have an amen? Those of you that are in this place, the Lord wanted me to tell you, come to know me better. As Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformable, made conformable unto his death. That we would come to pursue him in our spirits. Right now, if you want to know him better, would you just lift your hands to you saints and begin to worship him? Begin to praise him? Begin to ask God, God, draw me near. Draw me near, God. Let my life die and let you live. Oh, that let us be crucified with Christ as Paul was. Help us, oh, Father, to be drawn in the presence of God through Jesus Christ. For he is the only door. He is the only way. He's the door to the sheep gate. He's the one that brings us into kind of a view, uh, brings us into your presence, into your presence, and takes the accountability off of us and places it upon Himself. Oh, He's our substitute. Would you just love Him this morning? And those of you that don't know Jesus, there's many in this service today. I want you to be saved. I want you to become. Uh, born again. There's no way to go to heaven except through Jesus Christ. There's no other Messiah. There's no other message. There's no other God. There's no other way. Jesus is the only way. And the greatest miracle that we could have here today is just for somebody to say, I want to know Jesus in the full pardon of my sin. And just step out and come down here and let us pray for you where you can be saved, where you can have your name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, where you, without a shadow of a doubt, can become a child of God. For as many as received him to him, gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe upon his name. Would you come this morning? I just feel a need to give an altar call. I feel it in my spirit. Somebody here is struggling whether or not they're gonna choose life or death. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son hath not life. We gotta have the son. We gotta know Jesus. We gotta know him in the fullness of his power. We gotta know him through the cross. We gotta receive him through repentance. Luke 13 and three says, I tell you, Nate, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Oh, there is no salvation without repentance. We got to turn to him. We got to want him. We got to pursue him. We got to desire him. And the truth of the matter is, he's already pursued you. Because you've not chosen him, he's chosen you. And there's conviction in this place. I feel it from one side to the other. And it's God's loving grace holding out saying, come on, son. Come on, daughter. I want to bring you back down to Calvary and wash you from your sins. Is there any that will obey him this morning? Oh, I won't hold much longer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, will my brother help pray my brother through here today? He's struggling. <laughs> oh, is there another one here this morning? This is what it's all about. Take courage, old man of God. Take 
encourage a woman. Step out if you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're needing of forgiveness here today. God wants to save to the uttermost, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercessory for us. Hallelujah. We got a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Is there another thank you, hon? Would I have some women, please? Some of my prayer warriors gather fast. She's feeling the need to pray. Hallelujah. Is there any others this morning? Oh, yes. The power of the word. Hallelujah. Is there any others? I'm going to close. If there's not, I want to give you every opportunity because we're going to pray with these as long as we need to. Now, before I close, give the Lord the highest praise you can as believers. Tell him you love him. Come on, tell him you love him. Father, now grace this congregation with your presence. Lord, I pray justification, regeneration of life be given to all men and all women freely here this day. I pray that not one will walk out without coming to know you in the full pardon of their sin. I love you, Lord, and I pray grace upon this congregation. Go with them and give them divine favor. Overshadow them and protect them. And may the love of God be shed abroad in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. And may you write the law upon their hearts not with ink or with pen, but by the finger of the Spirit. We love you and we praise you here today, Father. Seal them with the Holy Spirit of promise. And may us go out and fulfill your will. And let us apprehend that for which we've been apprehended. For Christ Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning.